Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have deep conversations with fellow freelance models. And today I have Femina on the line. Say hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to do the podcast with me. I know that after I met you in person, I thought that you would be a really great person to interview. Thanks. I binged your podcast shortly after we met when I was road tripping from Utah to Texas when I was moving sort of back home. And your podcast got me through. I seriously don't know how I would have done that long drive without it. It was so fascinating listening to the stories and getting to know you better. I loved it. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that makes me feel so happy that you enjoyed listening to a bunch of episodes. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. It was great to just binge it and listen to everything. And it kind of made me feel less nervous about potentially being on your show because I was interested. But until I heard other women express their stories and just sound so inspiring doing that, I I really wanted to to come. I felt called to you. Cool. I'm excited. Well, I remember you mentioned to me that like you were doing more fashion modeling before you started doing a lot of fine art nude modeling. Is that is that right? Yeah, definitely. I was signed for about two and a half years with two different mother agencies. And that was the path that I was taking towards the beginning of my modeling career. I started fresh at the end of 2016. And in 2017, I really took off just from an artistic place to begin with. I love the art of it. I love connecting with other people. I loved meeting up and working on projects that were just meant to be for fun and fulfillment. And so it was maybe nine-ish months after my very first photo shoot that I got signed. And that's when I kind of shifted my direction to figuring out what's commercial and what the agencies wanted. Because at the time, that was my only idea of a legit modeling career. Like Mm -hmm. many people know, our modeling is very niche. Yes. I'm really curious about your experience with working with an agency and then like how you felt about it and how you transitioned it into more of what you're doing now. Yeah, I, I really loved my first agent. I had two different mother agencies. I never actually officially signed in an agency in LA or New York where I was going to work and develop. My first mother agent was absolutely wonderful. She was so kind. She really cared about the models that were signed to her. She cared about their careers. And I love her as a person and I align with her ethically. But I feel like she was very green in being an agent. She didn't have a lot of experience. And I didn't feel that she knew what I needed to know to get my career where I wanted it to be. So I made the choice to leave and sign with a different mother agency. And they were kind of the complete opposite in many ways. It was two agents working together and they were so smart and so just brilliant at being an agent and knowing the market. But they had a very specific idea of what a modeling career looked like in fashion. And it didn't align with kind of where I was heading before. So it was a big change for me. It was very confining and they, I don't hold this against them as people, but I just see them as messengers for the industry, but they were very hard on everyone who was signed to them. I was measured super often. I was pressured to lose weight. I was pressured to spend money on personal trainers and I wasn't allowed to shoot with anyone unless they set it up. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it was very important for them to control every aspect of your image. 
And in some ways, I see how that would lead people to be successful. But for me, it was just devastating emotionally, artistically, and spiritually. In many ways, I developed a really severe eating disorder and had an awful relationship with food and myself and my body, which I didn't experience before that. And I had been doing nude modeling specifically since very early on in my experience doing photo shoots, maybe like six months after my first shoot. And it was always a beautiful, uplifting experience from the beginning. And it's weird how in fashion modeling, when I was completely covered and never showed my body really compared to what I do now, I was more insecure than I've ever been before. And it just didn't feel authentic or or good for me. So I was signed to that agency about about a year and I had an epiphany late one night. This was shortly before I was supposed to new, move to New York City permanently, officially, just a few weeks before. And I was feeling the pressure as well because I had recently turned 21. And when you turn 21, I guess things change and you become geriatric in the fashion world. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like when I hear about women who are pregnant after 35 and they're considered geriatric, it's just like the most ridiculous thing. But so I was feeling pressure to make things happen and to prioritize the career before everything. And my mental health was suffering for it. And late one night, I was watching just like YouTube videos, vlogs of this girl who's a fashion model living in New York City and just showing her life. And I was watching this girl thinking that none of that is what I want to be doing with my life. None of that is how I want to be spending my time. I don't want to be a slave to having to go to somewhere last minute because I just booked a job and I only have 20 minutes. I don't want to live in stress, basically, and have my health continue to suffer for it. And I didn't know all of this consciously at the time, but I think that's really why I decided it wasn't for me. So in that moment, I thought, okay, I need to get out of this contract. I'm not moving to New York City. This doesn't feel good. And I texted my agents at like three and asked them out of my contract. And luckily they were so nice about it. It was a very easy process, but it was also a scary decision to make because I was choosing to give up the path that I had been down for so long. And at the time, it felt like I was giving up on certain dreams that you could only do, quote unquote, in the commercial fashion world, like be a part of a billboard campaign or be on the cover of a magazine. And at the time, I didn't think that was going to be possible. But later did I find out that it is possible to do all of those things as a freelance model. So I'm glad I took the leap and I credit it to a lot of other people and specifically meeting art models who taught me about their world and how they do things that allowed me to make that jump. I'm so grateful for it. Oh, my gosh. All the time I think about it. I love hearing about all that. It's very interesting because, you know, when I started modeling, I thought that in order to be legit, like like you mentioned, that you had to be represented by an agent because that's that's what they did on America's Next Top Model. And that's like, you know, oh all, all the magazine models are supposedly represented by an agency. And that's that was like it. Right. And I think also friends and family that like hear that you're getting into modeling they're all asking like what magazines are you in like what runway shows are you doing and who's your agent and that's that's what they think modeling has to be totally Uh, that was a huge that was a huge drawback 
for me leaving the fashion world and leaving my contract for art modeling because I had been doing nude art modeling consecutively with fashion for a while. And so my family was confronted with me doing nude modeling in a way that felt great to me and doing fashion modeling. And I was just pushed and pushed in the commercial direction because in that to them and their experience, which is none, just their perception based off of media and, you know, movies and things. They just thought that it wouldn't be safe to do it without an agent. And the only legit way to be a model is to be paid for selling things made by brands who want to make a lot of money. Yeah. So that was a huge thing for me. I, I think I put off jumping to art modeling for like a year because of the family aspect. Wow. Yeah. And who who's close to you really has an impact on our decisions because we're just social creatures. A hundred percent. Totally. I've had a tumultuous relationship with my family, both my close family members and extended. I've always felt like the black sheep of the family. Um, although I have this deep desire to be approved and accepted of them by them and for them to be proud of me. And so I feel constantly conflicted with what feels right to me as an individual and as a soul and what feels right to me as the member of a whole Mm. of my family. That's tough. Do they? So I'm mostly guessing that your family knows what you're doing now. Yeah, I think everyone knows. Everyone definitely knows. There's some that I'll talk to about what I'm doing and they're interested. Others, I just basically never talk about what I'm doing in my life, which It's kind of painful because I want to be super close with all of my family members. And I feel like talking about what you're doing and what brings you joy is a huge part of being close with someone. Yeah. So to feel like I have to censor a huge part of my life and what makes me feel fulfilled feels very stifling in familial relationships. But I also love all of them for who they are, not who they aren't. And if they don't get it, it's not important to me to make sure they get it as long as they just respect it and don't try to discourage me from something that I love. Yeah. And none of them do. The ones that do, I don't haven't spoke to in years. So right. Oh, that's don't need good. A, yeah. Boundaries. <laughs> good to set them. Yeah. Family can be tough. And it's like, I guess if you're doing anything in the entertainment world, like unless you're like, you know, mainstream and on TV, like a lot of the times family has a hard time recognizing that what you're doing is like, you know, worth doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's really strange what people value who aren't in this industry and what seems like a big deal versus when you are in this industry. A lot of people just, unless they're in it, they just don't understand how amazing it can be or what's truly valuable in it. But maybe it's just not for everyone to understand. I feel a lot of solace in my friendships and my chosen family because I have so many incredible friends who are so supportive and really build me up. And I feel like it's a nice balance between family that's less supportive. You always got to find your balance and your love somewhere. True that. Yeah, I mean, that's fully understandable having having to deal with that. What I was going to say was when I look at your photos, most of the time it's obviously on Instagram because that's the main platform that we use. But 
What I notice is that you have a very you're very in tune with the shape of your body and like the feeling that is emoted from the shapes that you're making. Like there there is like a certain emotion to the lines that you make with what you're doing that really translates really well. And I would like to know from you, like, is that something that you're consciously doing or you just kind of in a flow state when you're modeling or tell me more about that? I take that as such a huge compliment. I feel very seen right now. Thank you. I don't think anyone's ever pointed that out so exactly. And that's definitely something that I do intentionally and I've been working on for many years, not just as a model who poses in the photos, but also a curator who chooses the photos after they're done. There's an intuition that I have when I look at a photo and I'm choosing which poses are more powerful. And it it definitely ties back into the emotional ties between the shapes that are created and how someone feels, specifically with hands or just with lines of the body. Emotion is so important to convey with the body. It's not just the face. And I often feel that my work that doesn't show my face is the most emotional. And yeah, it's just something that I love conveying emotion with the body. It's one of the reasons why I'm fascinated with dancers and love to study dancers and how they move because it translates so well to images. Yeah, I agree. When I when I think of dancers, I often think of more athletic style motions, but there definitely is like a nuance to like the the way that they move their body that has like artistic emotion like built into it. Yeah, totally. I'm not a dancer. I I like dancing, but I'm not a trained dancer. But so I don't really know what I'm talking about. But I'm just fascinated with the way that people choose to move their bodies and the way that it makes other people feel while watching them. And I often feel like a live performer when I'm posing particularly at group events where there's a lot of people there. I think I've had conversations with other models about this, where we feel like we're performing for an audience, not just posing for a camera. Because when you can step into something that's outside of yourself and connect with what's around you, then you can really create something that's impactful and not just stereotypically beautiful. I have been pushed in my entire career, both in fashion and art, to do more pretty, glamorous things because of my face and people like the way that I look. And that's great. I like the way that I look too. But there's something about feeling pretty or just stereotypically beautiful in a photo that at this point in time, I find extremely boring. I'm Mm -hmm. sure I will change my mind and come back to that at some point. But I want people to feel a little bit uncomfortable or shocked, um, things that maybe make you feel like grotesque instead of please when you see my work. And not all of it fits in that, but that's kind of the intention that I have with it. I understand what you mean. I'm, I'm hoping that like people listening that aren't models could possibly understand that too. But it's like, to me, it means that if you already have like conventionally attractive features, then it's like in a photograph, if that's what's being expressed, that's like the, the most obvious, like easiest concept to come up with, I suppose. 
And after you've modeled for a while, like you want a challenge, you want to feel something else besides your pretty against that is like the most boring thing ever (laughs) yeah totally and i i just feel like there's so many beautiful women in the world there's so much beauty there's so many glamorous people in the world to be looked at and to be celebrated and i love adding to that beauty but i really want to connect with people on a deeper level i hate small talk i like meeting someone and asking them basically what their deepest trauma is within like two minutes, because I don't care what you do. Or I mean, I care. I care. But I I just want to know who a person is and what makes them feel the way that they do. I don't want to know the mundane things that we often just chat about in social situations. So with my art, I want people to maybe have a glimpse of the complete debilitating depression that I felt while writhing on the floor in the pit of a suicidal episode. I want people to feel the pain I felt when I've been abandoned by people that I love and trusted. And I want people to see the contemplation that I've had when I'm thinking about the world and my place in it and what I'm supposed to make of it. And that is just the same thing that I used to get out of writing poetry as a kid, as a sad little emo kid in her room writing poetry or personal essays about my thoughts and my feelings. I don't do that so much anymore because I feel like I get that out of posing for artwork. And it's way more fun to be outside and to be with other people, but still be able to express express those extremely human, innate states that don't really get highlighted in social circles. It's very uncomfortable for people to go there. And so I think making images yeah. is like a, a gateway to vulnerability. And the way that you just described that made me kind of think of it in, not think of it in a different way, but come up with new words to like describe like your method of modeling. It seems that you are trying to connect with people based on like experiences that they may also resonate with. Whereas if you are just showing off how pretty you are, that can often like make people want to not be your friend because maybe it's intimidating or it, you know, totally. when people are showing off how pretty they are, a lot of other people are just judgmental of that online anyway. Right. Totally. A hundred percent. And I have felt that in the way that I presented myself online, I get way more hate when I've posted things that are more stereotypical influencer, pretty bikini stuff. than when I share art, I rarely get extremely mean, hateful comments on my art in comparison to the pretty stuff that I've shared. And going off of what you said, I think one of the reasons why I want to connect with people on that level and and make people feel seen and feel safe to be seen is because I felt so alone growing up with depression. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I think I was also very anxious as a child. And it just made me feel isolated and unable to connect with people around me. And when I was in the little bubble of childhood, I thought I was the only one in the world suffering like this. Mm -hmm. Everyone else gets to be happy. Why do I have to feel this way? And then you get older and you meet more people and you travel and you get out of your own bubble and you realize that every person has felt that way and has probably at some point felt too ashamed to reach out to someone or to connect with someone else. And 
that loneliness is just unnecessary and debilitating. And I, I want to aid in people feeling like they can connect with others and not hide from the painful parts of the human experience. I love that. That really makes sense. So with that in mind, when it comes to photographers who are contacting you for a shoot, do you have a criteria? Like if it is somebody that wants to take like pretty glamour photos, will you like reject that shoot altogether or just like do the shoot and then maybe not post those photos on your social media? Yeah, I've gone back and forth about this the entire time I've been photographed and collaborated with other people. Since I've been charging for photo shoots and making this my livelihood, I've been really on the fence about it because as an artist, I just don't really relate to glamour and beauty photography. Well, beauty is, I mean, it's hard to, to put things into a box, but I don't really resonate with a lot of more glamorous, lots of makeup, sexy. The poses are to accentuate certain curves on a woman that are stereotypically beautiful, fully lit so you can see everything. That type of photography I just don't resonate with. And I've been back and forth as a businesswoman on if I want to participate in it. And I've kind of settled in the middle where I feel the most fulfilled when I'm working with people who are passionate about making art and respectful and kind. And so if someone fits that criteria and they're willing to respect my terms and conditions, I'll pretty much work with anyone in that realm. And often the people that I work with who are more towards the beauty, glamoury side of photography still like very natural makeup or no makeup. They like natural settings, natural light, things that resonate with me. So in that regard, I feel empowered and safe and beautiful to be photographed in a more glamorous way if it's still natural and authentic to me. It's just when it doesn't feel authentic, they expect me to shave my bush or they expect (laughs) me to like show up with a full face of makeup and curled hair and we're going to be doing just glamour, full lighting the whole day. I probably won't accept that job because I have a new boundary that I've implemented last year to avoid burnout. And that is, I will not accept any jobs that I will have to sort of get through where I'm going to be looking at the clock or feeling like, okay, an hour is going by. I just, if I know that a job is going to be that way, I don't take it. And but sometimes you don't know. And I love I love to work with new people. And if someone is passionate about art and respectful and kind to me, I'll probably choose to work with them. And then them having good lighting and good editing always helps. That's it's very necessary. Yeah. Part of the criteria. Yeah. I want to take a short little break to tell you about Model Society. ModelSociety.com is a website dedicated to featuring figurative fine art photography for models and photographers. What makes them different than other portfolio hosting websites is that some of those other websites will still host kind of tacky photography or exploitative photos. Model Society screens all of their contributors for quality and authenticity. So you only get the best of the best on there. If you're not a photographer or model, you can still enjoy and appreciate Model Society because they also have newsletters and magazines featuring their best work and new articles each week. Check it out, modelsociety.com. I will also include a link to Model Society in the show notes. 
All right, now back to our show. I have a question that I ask everybody on my show, and it's about what the craziest photo shoot you've had is. Can you recall a crazy photo shoot story for our audience? Oh my gosh, Christy, I have been racking my brain. Story I want to tell. You can tell more than one if you want. Okay, I have... I have a couple. I unfortunately do not have any stories that are as entertaining as some of the other ones I've heard on your show, (laughs) but I have a few. So the first story I'll tell is about a photographer who we will just call Delulu because that is what he is, just (laughs) clueless. I have worked with this photographer on multiple group events and every single time there is there has just been an issue and an issue with him just respecting social boundaries, respecting professional boundaries in ways. And this photographer, Delulu, he's just a very entitled person and he's in his own world. And I think he's just clueless about the reality of everyone else. So I don't think he's a bad guy, but it's just hilarious that some of the things that he's like done and brought to my attention so the first time I worked with him it was on a group event and at the end of the event he really wanted to take a picture of me with my ID like holding it and I have a policy about giving out my ID I'll make very very few exceptions for specific events that I want to work for that require it but in like for the most part I do not allow that to be done because There is no type of modeling that I do that requires a copy of my ID to be taken. If someone wants to make sure that I'm of age and they want to look at my ID, sure. But I don't want any copies around for personal safety due to various past experiences. And this guy was so insistent and entitled to taking my photo with my ID. And I asked him if he would compromise. I'd be willing to give him a copy, which is not something I usually do. If he would let me photocopy it at home and just block out my address and certain pieces of information. And so we compromised on that, but he just wouldn't let it go. So fast forward a couple days, I send him the copy of my ID and he gets back with me and he's like, this is in high res. I need it in this format, like this ratio to this ratio, because my system that I keep my records in like this is how it's done and I'm just like bro I'm not doing that like this was the compromise and (laughs) I kind of just let it go I let it go I didn't didn't speak to him again because I thought this just really isn't worth my time he got what he needed let's just move on I didn't think I would ever be working with him again because I chose in my own not blacklist but my own no list of who I won't work with again he was on it but I had to work with him on another group event. I was just put in a it, Yeah, it was pretty shitty. I was put in a position where I basically had to agree to it. And the whole backstory of that is kind of shitty. But I decided to make the most of it and be a professional, you know, just be kind and hope that he's kind back and everything goes well. And for the most part, the group event that we were on was great. It was almost like he had learned how to behave around others and to respect others time and space and it was great so we're in a transition at the last shoot moving from one location to another and he comes up to me and he says Femina 
I have this new policy where I'm tipping models based on how good they did after I review the photos and edits. So I'll be sending you a tip electronically later on. I just thought, oh my God, Delulu, like, do you realize how bad that sounds? I just smiled and said, okay, great. I'm exhausted at this point. It's like a sunrise shoot. It's the last day of a six day event. Like, I just don't have the capacity for this. Sure. Whatever. And then the shoot ends. We're all at the sort of farewell lunch where we eat together and we're supposed to reminisce about how amazing the week was, which it was an amazing week. And everyone was in a good mood and everyone was hungry. And this guy decides to sit right next to me and to start having an argument with me about the ID from like two years before or like a year and a half before in front of everyone to the point where it got quiet. The entire table was silent and he's just like trying to argue with me. He's telling me that he can have my lawyer contact me to explain the law to me. And it is just a completely inappropriate conversation for lunchtime and the table. What the fuck? And yeah, it was just Delulu, man. He was, he was Delulu. And then that's not even the end of it. So all of the, all of the photographers on this particular event were supposed to be in charge of their own releases. So he gave me his release to review. It looked fine. And there was a few lines where I could add in anything that I wanted. So I just added in a line that I like to have in any contract that I sign that says that my image and likeness cannot be used in anything that is racist, racist, prejudice, or misogynistic, something like that. And I hand it back to him signed and he asks, what does this word mean? And he points to the word misogynistic. (laughs) Mind you, this is a grown ass retired man. Like, has a degree, like ha- is very well educated, and he has chosen to have an art form that depends on working with women and that highlights the female form, oh like God. women, like that's his dedicated art form. He doesn't know what the word misogyny means. It just like completely, st- I was stupefied, oh completely God. stupefied. I couldn't speak. I was just like, I think I told him to look it up or to Google it, and I oh went to the bathroom just to. Just to take a moment, because I couldn't believe that I had to be a professional to someone who doesn't even know what freaking word misogyny means. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, it's it's like some people have like selective memory, like perhaps at one point like he was taught that word, but just decided it was convenient for him to forget it or something. I guess. I don't know. I I understand not being the most well-versed person, but it just... To have to photograph women as your chosen art form and to not know a word that is so inherently important to like respecting women to avoid being a misogynist. You'd think like, yeah, someone would educate themselves. But that was pretty ridiculous. I do have another story. Yeah, a bit more good. funny and lighthearted. I I was on a private multi-day shoot in Mexico with a photographer who I adore. I've been working with for years and he wishes to remain anonymous and isn't anywhere online for the relationship with his career and more of a conservative career. So I won't say his name, but he is a dear friend and is super brilliant. And I love working with him and generally we'll work on like a one-on-one multi-day trip somewhere to shoot outdoors. And this particular one was in Mexico and we went down to Mexico 
there was already things about the trip leading up that made it a bit stressful and made me kind of want to reschedule another time. He had been dealing with some health issues. I had been dealing with some like life issues and I just decided to go through with it and make the most of it because he was really excited and I was really excited to be working with them in Mexico. So, but I did, I did have a weird feeling about it. So I get there and I land and he is attending another event. So he's already there and we're coordinating to meet up. And he tells me that he's really sick and is really struggling and is having just a hard time. And so, yeah, which is the absolute worst thing when you're traveling. So immediately from the beginning, he was sick and I get, I get sort of triggered by stress and anxiety with persistent nausea. So when I'm really anxious about something or stress, sometimes my body will cope with it by making me extremely nauseous and it's very inconvenient in a lot of life. But so this was starting to happen. He was telling me he was sick and I was starting to worry about him. And we, I want to say we were running late to get to the hotel where we were going to be staying the first night and it all worked out. We got to the hotel, but it started off on a rocky foot. And then after that first day, it just went super downhill from there. This poor guy was so sick. He could not leave his room. He was like needed to be hospitalized, but we were in a foreign country and I, I was the only person with him. And there was multiple days where we did, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't shoot. I didn't see him except to drop off water and just things to keep him hydrated because he was so sick and there was nothing I can do. And after a while, I'm starting to think like, oh, my God, am I going to be like in a foreign country with a photographer who's dead? And I don't even know how to contact his family. I don't know what to do. I'm starting to feel super sick and because I'm so nauseous. It was a complete and utter shit show. Um, Luckily, we were staying in an absolutely gorgeous five-star boutique resort that's in a beautiful restored hacienda. So it was us suffering in an absolutely gorgeous place, which looking back at it is really funny. But I genuinely, I was going to be somewhere with a a dead photographer. Oh my God. And thank, thank God he made a recover. All was well. And we had a good laugh later on about how I thought he was going to die. He thought that was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and Whoa. we we laugh about that now and again when, when we see each other. It's pretty funny. The last day when he started to feel better, we were able to take some shots. We might have shot maybe 10 minutes in the last place where we were staying. And some of them actually turned out really good, which is iconic considering how absolutely sick and tired we were <laughs> that day. Wow. Um, Luckily, my stories don't have anything to do with photographers who are dangerous or assholes. I just have experienced those sorts of things. Well, the one guy was kind of an asshole, but at least he wasn't dangerous. Yeah, he definitely (laughs) classifies as an asshole. I guess I'm just thinking of like, you know, the the real assholes. Right. Like being attacked at a photo shoot or assaulted. Yeah. Someone who's an asshole because they're stupid isn't the same thing as being an asshole because you're genuinely malicious. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't had a, I don't think I've dealt with malicious photographers. Thank God. I've genuinely been really lucky in the experiences that I've had when I was doing fashion modeling. I 
experienced a lot of fucked up things with my agency and with people just being not kind. But I met a lot of other models who were sort of working around me who dealt with human trafficking and sexual assault and absolutely horrific things that luckily I feel I've dodged because I didn't start modeling until I was 18. So I feel like I, I don't know, I was a little bit more cautious than when you start at 14, 15. When I've worked with someone who started at that age, I'm just like, how, how did you deal with the industry at that age? That is so impressive and crazy. Yeah. Were the people that were being trafficked, was that through agencies? Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really scary and uncommon what a lot of people don't know about what happens in fashion. There are agencies who will knowingly send models on supposed jobs, bikini shoots or um, photo shoots in Dubai or somewhere in the Middle East, somewhere in Europe, the Mediterranean, the Caribbean, and they'll show up and there's not a photo shoot. They're basically just hired to be beautiful in front of men who are paying for it. And that's fine if you consent right. and you are aware of what you're getting into. But there are very young girls who are being put in these situations and they have no idea. And it's extremely messed up. I hope starts to become more talked about in addition to all the other messed up things about agencies, withholding pay, putting models into debt scamming models for model housing that is basically inhabitable but you're paying more than what you would pay to have your own apartment it's yeah it's really tragic the horrible things that go on in that industry and a lot of people know about it and they turn they turn the other way because they want to get somewhere and that that's what they prioritize but that's one of the main reasons why I couldn't continue in that world. In addition to just not being happy, I just couldn't align with the ethical beliefs of everyone around me. Yeah. Not to say that people are bad for wanting to put their careers over everyone, but that's just not something I'm willing to do ever. Yeah. People over profit all the time. Yeah, when, I, when I think about it, it just kind of makes me think like when somebody is trying to be an entrepreneur and they're looking at you like you're a commodity, like you're a young, beautiful model, then that's when it can become like, you know, advantageous to whoever it is making a cutoff, whatever you're doing. And so many times when I hear of agencies or managers or management companies, it's usually like, kind of lopsided and like benefits the manager more than it benefits the person being managed. Oh my gosh, always. I'm so lucky to have been bartending full time while I was modeling. I actually got not really discovered, but found by the woman who got me into modeling while I was bartending. Oh. And so I was able to make my own money and I had friends who re regulars who had become friends who were lawyers and business owners and the first contract I was ever offered by an agency was absolutely horrific. And I was able to have one of my regulars, who's a good friend, read it and tell me that it was the worst one-sided contract he had ever seen in his entire career and that I should not sign it, which no. is so lucky because I might have signed with them and it would have hurt me in the long run. So it's, yeah, that's really common. And I encourage any model 
who's going to sign any contract, release, long-term contract, please, for the love of God, have someone who knows what they're doing, read it. Do not sign your name on anything that you don't understand or read because you don't know what you're agreeing to. And invest in yourself by investing in your legal protection. Hire a lawyer. Make friends with a lawyer. I I have a, a lawyer that hires me for photo shoots and trades, like legal advice. And it's truly an investment in not just your career, but you as a person and your safety. So that is something I've learned that I will tell everyone. Yeah. If you don't know your rights, you don't have rights, right? Totally. Yeah. you gotta got to know how to protect yourself because no one else is looking out for you. I was, Go ahead. I was going to say, I will say that I have been scammed or attempted to be scammed so many times just because I'm a freelance model. Like so many people, oh, I have an opportunity for you. You're not going to want to miss this. And then it turns out to be something really stupid or like obviously fake. Totally. I swear like half of our job is just shift or sifting through total bullshit, like scam or just work that is not really work. It's really obvious when people are trying to scam you. At least I think it is. I feel like I've seen some scams recently that are getting better. I had to like have my partner read it and double check, but God, it is so scary for me to think all of the young models who are getting into it, who are going to be bombarded with emails saying that they are going to be paid $5,000 to be flown out somewhere and or a location will be in your area. That's how you know. Someone says that they're going to pay you and it's for a big production and it's in your area. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it's crazy. Or if they're going to mail you a check for $500 over what you're supposed to get paid and you're supposed to cash the check and then return like $500 to them to pay for the mar- the makeup artist because they're from a different country and they don't have a bank in the United States or some weird excuse like why would you send the model that money instead of just cashing it yourself? Yeah, it's so weird. Like I don't understand how these people who are making these scams are are thinking that that is a good way, I guess, to scam people because it's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Ridiculous. Yeah. And that happened to me once. And this this company or scammer did send me a check for, I don't know, $1,500 or something like that. And I was sketched out and I, I took it to the bank and I was like, hey, here's a printout of my email conversation. And here's this check. The check looks real, but I don't know. Can you just look into this for me? So instead of actually trying to cash it, I just asked them if it was real and they looked into it and it was not real. And they told me this is a common scam. Call the police. It's illegal. Yeah. (laughs) That was so smart of you to ask. Like that could have been bad. Yeah. I don't know what would have happened if I tried to actually cash it or if it would have even worked or I don't know. I guess I've never actually cashed a fake check. So I don't I don't know what happens, but I'm sure that legally it would fall on me if I'm the one that's cashing it, right? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly with that. I feel it might depend on your bank as well, like what sort of protections they offer. But that is, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's even influencer scams that I fell for once, even recently, like with all my years of experience. It was like a traveler's backpack company and they had like smart backpacks that you could plug your phone into and charge it and it was like waterproof and stuff and they were going to send me one 
but they wanted me to pay for the shipping for like 15 bucks. And so, mm-hmm. so I, I did, I paid for the shipping. I was like, fine. And then three days later, the website was gone and they weren't replying to my emails. Oh my God. And I was like, I mean, it was just 15 bucks, but. Luckily it wasn't more. That sucks. I haven't, I've always been on the fence about pursuing content creation or making money as an influencer versus as a freelance art model. But it's so difficult for me to sift through which of those influencer opportunity inquiries are legit and which aren't. And to me, they kind of all look the same. So one of the reasons why I haven't wanted to pursue that is because it seems like such a wild west. I don't want to get caught up in something that isn't yeah real or yeah, that's scamming people. Oh, thank God you weren't scammed for more. That's lucky. Yeah, I would say if it's a product that I'm already interested in and already think that I'm going to like, then I might do it. Um, But I've still experimented with that and been burned. Like one of them was like a face scrubber and they wanted me to use this face scrubber every day for 30 days. And after seven days, I thought my skin was going to come off. I was like, you're not going to want me to make this review video because it looks bad already. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I don't know. And then there's the, what's that company? I forget their name off the top of my head, but they basically want to give you, yeah, flat tummy tea. And they basically make you have uh, diuretics every day for 30 days to show that you lost weight. Oh my gosh, such a scam. Those scams that affect the health of people who are being scammed infuriate me the most because I'm really into health and wellness and like taking charge of your own body and what goes into it. And it just devastates me to hear that people who need help, need assistance are like reaching for a product that is having the opposite effect, basically harming their bodies. So messed up. Just thinking about it, like as a a nude model who prefers natural settings, who is, there's not a whole lot of products that you really need to do your job. You know, I'd say maybe like ethical sunscreen would be a good one. (laughs) That is so funny. I, I think people would get a kick out of seeing all of the shit that I lug around even to remote (laughs) places in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I'm a product girly. I love skincare. I love using products that smell good and are fragrance free and are healthy in terms of like the ingredients that they have and are very natural. But I have a lot of them and I have a lot of things that I use for shoots and my ex said, a while ago when we I was getting ready for a photo shoot and the night before I had such a long day I want to say I had a full day of work I was still bartending at the time and I had a really early sunrise shoot and I had to come home really late from work and do you know the everything shower get ready for my shoot tomorrow Mm -hmm. I had to shave I had to do my exfoliation face mask get my hair ready and all of that work takes so much not just time, but energy. Like when I have to get ready for a shoot the day before, I have to eat a meal and hydrate and have a coffee before I spend the two to three hours that I'm spending making sure my entire body is ready, not just aesthetically, but so that I feel ready and feel good for a shoot. Yeah. I feel like a lot of photographers don't think about that, like the amount of time it takes us to do our makeup and 
working out so that we feel good and are flexible and strong to do the hard poses, that's all of our pre-production. Like their work comes in the post-production, but Mm -hmm. when we do it all beforehand and it's, it's devastating sometimes when you do so much work for a shoot and then you don't get photos or a photographer just doesn't finish their side of the work. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't think of. And I do love natural looking photos. I'm really drawn towards like a no makeup makeup or even wearing absolutely no makeup in photos. But I, and I love having body hair, like have, like having pubic hair because I think it just works really well for the style of modeling that I do. And it offers me a little bit of modesty when I want to get experimental with my poses and not just have my legs fully together. But I personally don't like having leg hair or hair on my armpits. Sometimes I go back and forth. So all the, the little decisions that I make to look natural in the photos really aren't natural. And I think that's something that I want to start touching on in my work moving forward because I've been feeling conflicted about modeling and sharing my work online. The more I've become aware of the damage that comparison does to people's mental health. Mm -hmm. And I I've been feeling conflicted about retouching too, because I love when my photos are retouched. I don't want to see acne or certain like acne scars I don't mind my stretch marks at all, and I don't think they take away, but I personally feel that acne and under eye bags just don't look good and they take away from the image. But on the other hand, I don't want to have my photos heavily retouched and then not say that they have been altered and make people believe that I do look that way. And they're also not seeing all the work that I'm putting in to like pluck my eyebrows and exfoliate and like getting lymphatic drainage massages and all these things that people just don't know about. And so that's something I think I want to work on moving forward is pushing my own comfort level with how natural and raw I look in photos even further than I'm at now and getting comfortable with acne and I don't know, just maybe awkward or unflattering sort of poses that I wouldn't like. I would like to keep pushing and feeling more and more comfortable with actually being natural. Yeah. That was a very long rant, but I hope that made sense. No, it does make sense. And I've dabbled in that a bit as, and I do follow accounts where they show like the before and after edited like image that shows, you know, you know, they retouched out some bruises or zits or whatever. And, or like the flattering light versus the unflattering light, you know, same pose, yeah. same angle, just different lighting. I, I always find that interesting. And even as a model, I like seeing it too. Yeah, totally. It's fascinating to me what society deems okay and not okay in terms of beauty. I'm really, really fascinated by plastic surgery right now and how polarizing it is. Mm-hmm. People are very against it or they're very for it. And I think it's not a polarizing topic. It it doesn't seem like it should be an argument with people. And that goes for really anything people choose to do with their bodies. There's always strong opinions about it. And I, I think it's so interesting why society believes 
what they do. And in terms of like retouching and what's too much and not retouching at all or all the opinions around it, I think are really interesting. And I also have my own turn, my internal conflict with, like I said earlier on, how I don't want to look pretty in a photo. Even if I'm not looking pretty, I still have those insecurities about acne or yeah, just things when I see a photo and I don't like, no matter how unpretty the photo is supposed to be. And I think it's weird to be aware of that. Yeah, I know know what you mean, because there's a fine line. You're like, I want this feeling to come out of this image, but certain types of texture are going to draw your eye and be distracting. Exactly. Yeah. Like there are so many images that I get sent and I'm so happy to see because one of the sad parts about becoming a model full time and having it be your livelihood is when people pay you for photo shoots, they often don't believe that you should get photos back or are entitled to them or don't want them. And so I get a lot less photos sent to me than early on. But when I am sent photos, there's very few that usually hit that perfect balance of everything that I'm looking for that makes an impactful image. And there's a sort of second wave, a degree of photo lower than that, that have it, but have one thing that just ruins it for me, like a piece of hair that's cutting off the line of a shoulder that takes away or or the hair is like in my face but it's not in my face in the right shape and yeah it's it's so frustrating when you see an image and you're like man just that one finger is is out of place and if it were moved it would be perfect but it's not yep i get that say you totally know what i'm talking about because you're so fucking amazing at posing oh Oh my gosh i was when we met at lake powell i was dumbfounded watching you pose and Aww. honestly it was very intimidating like to intimidated watching it because you just have such an ease about your flow and it's just mesmerizing watching you pose in nature oh, when I was neat. posing I was like two in my head because like Christy is the best I don't oh, want to <laughs> I don't want to go after that well, I, I mean I think I take that as a huge compliment I mean that was a really cool trip because it was challenging too. They drop you off on a, a slanted hill of a sharp rock and you have to figure out like a good pose for yourself where you're not getting cut on the rocks and you're not going to fall and die. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It was challenging, but, and scary to kind of be out on your own while the boat pulled yeah. away. Yeah. Like when you were on the tree. You got up so high and I was just thinking like if I were in your position, I would be shaking. I would fall (laughs) off the tree because I'd be so scared and you just looked incredible. I did put a Um, lot of faith into that tree. I don't know. Looking back, I don't know. I mean, I would still do it again, but. I would totally do it again, especially (laughs) if everyone brought like different lenses. I feel like I remember having the conversation that the shot was missed a little bit because we didn't have the right lenses and it was hard to keep the boat still. But for everyone, for everyone who doesn't know, I want to just give a shout out to Shantia because she is the badass model photographer creative who brought us together and introduced us on this insane trip that she and her amazing partner put together down in Lake Powell. And it will seriously go down in my memory as one of the most beautiful 
experiences of my life. It was so incredible. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, I'm I just got a few more images from Shantia and it reminded me of that trip. And I was like, yeah, I can't wait to post these. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I just saw actually right before we got on the call. I just saw the photos of us posing in the canyon Ooh, and yeah. freaking love. I'm so excited to share. Yes, I can't wait to be back in South Utah again. Yeah. Are you going to go back in spring? Yep. I'm going to be there by the end of April. Hell yeah. That's going to be awesome. Hell yeah. Okay. So I was going to ask you another question. I call it the rising Phoenix era of your life. And oftentimes by the time we get to this part of the podcast, we've already sort of brushed on the topic a little bit, but can you describe something that's, it could be related to your modeling or not, where you were faced with some kind of a challenge that you had to overcome? Yeah. This is the other question I've been thinking a lot about. What comes to mind is the few times in my life that I've hit rock bottom and had to rebuild because I feel like these specific few times where I've hit rock bottom, I've transformed and kind of catapulted myself into becoming a different person. The first time that this happened, I was nine years old when my parents got divorced i moved out of my childhood home and both of my grandfathers died very close together my best friend moved away and i had to move schools and lost all my friends basically all in a very short time and i had struggled with depression and mental illness way before all of this i had started going to therapy when i was like four whoa so yeah i i had a a lot of demons for a little girl but Luckily, I have an incredible mom who recognized that I needed help and got me the help that I needed in whatever way that she could. And I'm really lucky for that. But when I was older and and all of that was happening in my life, it was I just hit a tipping point and it became so much harder to cope. And I I tried to kill myself when I was only 10. And after that happened, my mom, my mom couldn't do nothing. So she took me to a psychiatrist and I started being treated with medication. And at the time, the medications that I was being put on, if I'm correct and I remember correctly, they weren't really meant for children. You were supposed to only prescribe them to patients who were over 18. So I was on a concoction of very different, various different medications for a few years, just trying to find what would work for me. I was on like mood stabilizers, antidepressants. At one point, I was on an antipsychotic of a lot of different things for a small growing body to handle. And the second suicide attempt that I had was when I was 13 because I was put on a medic. I absolutely should have never been put on. Um, it works really well for some people, but for the people that it doesn't work for, it's extremely dangerous. And for me, it was. And I almost died because of it, and I'm really lucky that I didn't. But after that had happened, I started to become interested in how I could manage my health and my happiness as an individual. Instead of being told what medications to take and what to do for my mom and whoever around me, I decided that I I couldn't do it anymore and I needed to figure out something that worked for me. So My dad had been vegan for a while before that, and 
he was really passionate about the vegan diet for health and physical health and mental health. And we, I grew up in Texas. I grew up eating barbecue and steak and mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. And that was basically my whole diet for many years. So the fact that my dad who was feeding me all this meat was going vegan was crazy to me. But after a while, I saw the difference that it made in him, hmm. not just in physically, but he just seemed like happier and he seemed better. And I wanted to feel better. And I started to do research and watch documentaries about nutrition and how it affects the mind. And I started to become obsessed with lifestyle changes as well, like yoga and movement therapy. Eventually, when I got older, I started, I didn't understand psychedelics were therapeutic at the time, but I started having self-guided psychedelic therapy that was helping me so much and really changing my perspective on things. So going from being a suicidal child who felt like she didn't have any control over her mind and her situation to a teenager who was starting to feel like she had the ability to be happy if she wanted to was extremely transformative. And I, I kind of see that as a rising from the ashes moment, but that high, that peak in life led me to the next rock bottom, which is, which is modeling. And I touched on it a bit earlier um, with fashion modeling and how, what kind of led me to leaving my contract. I felt so aligned and purposeful when I found modeling. I just felt like I had found a flow of life and was riding on the wave of love that the universe had to offer. But when I signed with my second agency, everything sort of switched. And I think I had gone off my path and things just started to fall apart again. I mentioned that I had a really bad eating disorder. I was pressured to lose weight to get my hip measurement down mm. the whole time I was signed with them. And I was going multiple days without eating anything and just doing everything that I could to slim down. And I was so starved, not just for food, but for love, self-love and connection with all the all the creatives that I lost basically because I couldn't shoot with any of my friends anymore because the agency wouldn't let me shoot unless they set it up. So everything that was giving me happiness before just kind of went away. And I stuck with it much longer than I probably should have because I was so driven by the idea of success and that they were going to help me build a career that was legit and would bring me opportunity. I saw modeling as a stepping stone towards becoming an author or an actor or any other sort of creative thing that I'd want to do later in life. I saw modeling as a way to get there. So I put up with being really unhappy for a long time. And I got down to the point of feeling suicidal for the first time since I was a young kid. And that realization was really hard because I had chosen to be there. It wasn't just a situation I was born in or a chemical imbalance or whatever people believe causes depression in young children. It was, it was something that I've chosen was modeling and like the life that it was giving me. So I definitely hit rock bottom after I decided to leave my contract. I also moved away from my family. I lost a bunch of friends. My first love 
moved away and we had our final ending all during this same time. I lost one of my best friends all sort of at the same time. But looking back at that, I don't even remember how hard it was because I see it as the fire that burned the forest down that allowed the new forest to grow, which is my art modeling career and being able to travel and to have a life now that I love. And art modeling has had its own rock bottom moment. My third and final one that I'll talk about. I had a really devastating situation with some friends, some other models that I had met and known for years and truly loved so, so much who backstabbed me in a really messed up way. And it's a long story involving a photographer who became progressively more inappropriate with me. And I decided I couldn't work with him anymore. And unfortunately, my friends, like these other models, and I disagreed on how to move forward with it because there was some like business commitments where I was supposed to shoot with him. And I knew in my body that I could not do it anymore. It was a full body no. And the way that they handled it was devastating to me. I have never been backstabbed by friends in such a visceral way. And for it to be deeply interconnected with my business and my livelihood was a whole other layer of that. That was just incredibly hard. After this happened, I went into a super deep depression last year and couldn't book shoots. I had to cancel work that I had already had booked because just the idea of going to a photo shoot gave me so much anxiety. It just brought me right back to the trauma, the trauma, yeah, that I experienced from being hurt by these friends. And it took a good six months for me to figure out how to separate that hurt from my career moving forward because I felt so connected and loved to find friends that were doing the same thing as me. Modeling is a very lonely job. We get to be with people all the time, but most of the time people don't understand what our experience is like. And you can't really tell your best friend who's a elementary school teacher what you've been doing at your photo shoots and like have them understand. So to have super close friends who did what I did, I just felt like I had found my place, like I had found my little family. And yeah, to to lose that because of that conflict was just absolutely devastating. So since I had that six month break and I've come back, I truly feel like a different person, both in me as a person and I feel like a different person as me as a person. Wow, that was so deep. I I feel transformed in how I'm approaching my career and modeling as a business. And I'm feeling so much strength in my boundaries and feeling good about setting them. And I'm feeling good about knowing how to continue to love other people and open myself to other people while also being safe and protecting myself and avoiding the hurt that I felt last year from that situation. So I feel really good. And I I feel like I'm in the process of rising out of those ashes. And that's where I'm at now. Yeah, I'm starting to tour more than I ever have. And I'm working more than I ever have. And I feel like I'm meeting so many beautiful, kind people like 
meeting you and I'm being connected with other models online. And I just feel like I found the flow that I lost back when I signed with that second agency. And I'm just grateful for life and grateful that rock bottom gives us a foundation in which to build our futures from. That's that's amazing. I feel like I have like a a lot more context into the life story that you have. Yeah. I, I hope people don't feel like I'm oversharing. I will basically share anything. I love it though. It comes to like mental health and stuff. I just love to destigmatize mental health just make people feel like they're not alone. That's great. I mean, that's that's what connectedness is all about. Yeah, totally. And I feel so grateful to be having this conversation with you because I I love our community and I love our art form and I feel like the world needs it in a way. People who are so judgmental of nudity and of what we do really need the acceptance that this art form brings the most. And I just really hope that it becomes more mainstream in a way for people to appreciate the art and feel more connected to themselves because I feel like it's so needed. And your podcast is a brilliant way to do that because we're not just depictions of beauty or form. We're people with experiences and thoughts and feelings. I love that you're highlighting that. Thank you. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I didn't want to incorporate video on the podcast because we're seeing so much and a lot of people never really hear our thoughts. And so this is a good way for them to hear that we have brains and thoughts and emotions and stuff. Totally. I love that. When I was getting ready for today, I had a thought that made me smile and I love that I was getting ready to feel good and be in the right headspace for a great conversation, not getting ready to look good and be the right model for the photo. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. it. Thanks for, thanks for saying that. That makes me feel good. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day, but this is around the length that I usually have the podcast for. Did you want to mention anything, anything that you have that you want people listening to know about you, like any upcoming projects or upcoming tours? Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I am packing today for New York. I'll be there for a while. Maybe this will come out when I'm still there. I'm not sure what your timeline is, but I, I also about two weeks from now it'll come out. Okay, nice. I might I might still be in New York then. Or I'll be in Dallas because I was just a part of a super exciting project by two artists up in Dallas, Tamara and Kelsey, who I'll share their links and things on my socials when I, I have more info about the show. But I was a part of a project that they were collaborating on that is so powerful. It's about women and their right to choose um, what they do with their bodies in terms of dress. And it was a collection of women who came together to show various states of being covered and being undressed to make a statement about how it's what's empowering to one person is not empowering to the other. And everything is okay as long as the woman chooses and she's doing what feels good to her. At least that's my interpretation of the project. It was so moving. And there is a show in Dallas on February 10th at the House of Water Gallery. Mm. So if anyone wants to go, I will see you there because I will definitely be there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Send me a link to that. I'll include it in the show notes. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, Femina, I feel like we've had a really great conversation and I'm really excited for this episode to come out. I'll definitely be in touch about those links. And until later, I will talk to you soon, probably on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you so much. Sending love your way and to everyone listening. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 just wanted to thank you so so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to the sunrise life podcast i am so grateful every time somebody comments or sends me a dm saying that they love the show if you would like to help other people find out about the sunrise life podcast it would be immensely helpful if you could subscribe on whatever platform that you regularly listen to sunrise life on And if you could leave a rating, that would make me smile so hard. (laughs) 